0: Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Today on the podcast, my guest is George Milton. George is a retired Army colonel and author of a new book on failure. Yes, failure. Today, George and I talk about the one thing that is probably most ignored in leadership and career development, the subject of failure. Most of us just want to hear about success stories, but the stories of failure are just as important. If you're a leader, you're going to experience failure, and George has a unique view that will help you use that failure as fuel for future success. So, are you ready to dive in?
1: Let's get started.
0: Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by George Milton. George is a highly decorated retired U.S. Army colonel with more than 30 years of leadership experience. He's also the author of a new book called Failure is Not the Problem. This book teaches leaders how they can reach their goals by turning their failures into strengths. If you've led people for any length of time, you've experienced some level of failure. This is actually a subject we haven't yet covered on the podcast, so I'm excited to get George's unique perspective on the topic. So, George, welcome to the show.
2: John, it's good to be with you. Thank you for this awesome opportunity to be able to to have a conversation with you about an amazing topic that everyone deals with on a day-to-day basis, but I'm willing to really talk about.
0: Yeah, I am excited to get your perspective because this is an issue that I think every leader deals with, but we don't really talk about it too much. So I'm really excited to get your your thoughts on this. I mean, you wrote the book on it, literally. So this is going to be a great uh, discussion, I know. So tell us a little bit about your background. You spent a lot of years, 31 years in the Army. Um, tell us a little bit about how you ended up in the Army and how that shaped your view on leadership.
2: Uh, Yeah, sure. Thanks, John. I I tell you, you know, um, I was one of those kids. What's really interesting about failure is that, you know, failure doesn't even really exist until you are taught that failure actually exists. Isn't that interesting? As as children, what do we do? If we have a task or challenge, we do one or two things. We either figure out how to overcome that challenge and achieve that goal, or we just move on to something else. And we don't even think about it being failure until somebody instills that within us. So I had a lot of that actually going on. In fact, my first experience with failure was in the fifth grade was uh, when I was five years old and I was kindergarten. I don't know. I don't know very many people. I've not run into anybody else other than myself, but I actually failed kindergarten. That was my first experience with failure. I actually remember that. So I failed kindergarten. I failed the first grade. I literally failed almost every single grade up until high school because I was a football player, an athlete, track and field guy. I got kind of passed along the way. I was a senior in high school and, uh, was about to graduate, I thought, and my counselor comes to me and says, hey, look, you're not going to graduate on time. So what do you mean? Well, you don't have enough uh, eligibility. Wow. So how is that possible? You're lacking one credit hour from graduating. So you'll graduate, but what will happen here is you're going to have to come back during the summer. Well, I was like, you know, my my parents were teenagers when they had me, and uh, so no formal education. I'll be the first high school student to graduate, and that's what my folks were counting on. And uh, in order to be able to graduate high school, I literally had to take a correspondence course because the counselor says, you don't have any more eligibility, so we're not going to give you that one hour of credit. So I was wow. like, well, what am I going to do? And they said, well, you're not going to graduate on time. You can come back and in uh, during the summer. And I would you know, beg and plead it. And they figured out that what they would do is they would go and get me a correspondence course that I could actually take. Well, first of all, I couldn't even spell correspondence. I didn't know what it was. Another issue was that not only was it a self-taught course, as they explained, but it was from Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas, and it was the subject of botany. Oh. I didn't even know what that was. So, how do you, you know, all this failure, not you know, terrible study habits, spelling along the way? I ended up taking the course, passing it with a D. I'm consistent, right? And that's how I actually, you know, graduated and went on into the army. I went to um, um, uh, got a scholarship to go to college at Southern Arkansas University. And after about a year and a half of that, uh, there at the school, I took all the physical education classes I could take. I was two-time All-American in the high jump, seven-plus. I'm a high jumper, you know, football player. I actually failed out of college. Wow. Throughout my career, I failed out of six universities or colleges before I ever achieved a, a degree. And that's how I ended up in the Army. Wow. Now I, I, yeah. So was it? Yeah, my focus was to be a professional football player, John. Never even wanted to, to broach the, the military. So I, that's how I actually ended up in here.
0: So you, so your desire, you were an athlete, right? And you had a desire yeah. to be a professional athlete. And at the end of the day, yeah. you end up in the Army for 31 years.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what's really <sighs> odd and strange is every single thing that I did as an athlete and, as, you know, and failing and all of that prepared me to be an Army officer. Everything. Mm.
0: So the failures that you dealt with in early in your life helped you become a better officer? Is that, what's, is Absolutely.
2: that what? I Absolutely. Like, explain. Yeah, see, when, when, we, when we look at failure, mo- most motivational speakers, right? You know, and I understand what's actually happening here. But when we go and we talk from a motivational standpoint, we always talk about what? Success. Right. I mean, I mean, most motivational speakers will talk about failure very briefly. Then they'll move on to what? Success, because everybody wants to be successful. Right. Well, the beauty of it all is that you can take 100 people. And out of that 100 people, maybe 10% of them will be as successful as they choose to be. But all 100 are going to fail. Right. So most don't even look at failure as the greatest resource on the planet. Because if we look at our failures, what does that failure do for us? So that allows us to get better. Right? It allows us to learn. It allows us to move on. The challenge is to be able to change our mindset. So, in order for me to be able to be the person I am today, I literally had to have a metamorphosis and change okay. my change my mindset. And what what had happened? One of the major events in my life was when I was a, a private basic training. I had a guy by the name of you know Sergeant First Class George Gaffer, and I failed. Um, uh, something I was pretty proud about doing was firing a, a weapon. You know, I was a hunter when I was growing up, so you know I could shoot really well. But I boloed. At the weapons qualification wow. range and got really down on myself. And Sergeant so Gaither um, uh, came to me later that night in the barracks. He says, hey, Milton, you can be anything in this man's army if you wasn't to work hard enough. He says, you're going to always fail. The issue for you is not if you fail, but what you do with that failure. Mm-hmm. And that began my experience with this, you know, this issue of failing and how when I would go out and fail, you know, I am. Um, uh, I just changed it as an opportunity for me to be able to excel and to get better at my craft and to learn more, as opposed mm-hmm. to the gloom and doom and this is the end of the world sort of mindset.
0: Right, right. So yeah, so if you if you have failure, the the question is how do you turn that into uh, how do you turn that into the you know the valuable learning to be able to take the next step, to be able to grow, to be able to because a lot of people don't right they. They fail, and then that's the end, right? They try to lose weight, and they can't do it, so they, they give up. They try to work yeah. out, and they, get to, you know, they go for three days. You know, the typical New Year's resolution, right? Uh, and then it never ends up, uh, you know, working out. They don't, you know, they don't like getting up early, and they give up, right? So a lot of people fail, and then they give up. But what's the, what's the trick in not giving up?
2: Look, there are a number of tenets that I have actually used in my life. All right? okay. But in order to be able to become successful through the failure, what has worked for me is, number one, there are four different things that, uh, that I've, I've looked at often. It is And I know this sounds very, very simplistic, but it is. Life is really very basic and very simple, but we choose to make it very complex. And it's really mm-hmm. not that complex at all. So what I did a long time ago is I, I, I sat down and I said, look, what do I need to do to become a failure? I mean, become a successful when I fail. Mm-hmm. So number one, I stopped referring to myself as a failure because failure is simply a learning experience. When we become successful, we'll assume that, you know, um, wow, this is the way in which I dreamed my life to be. Even when we don't become successful, we still have a positive attitude because we're shooting towards what? The goal of success. So we expect for there to be some positive outcome reference to that. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to failure, we've been so inundated with it being a negative thing that I literally taught myself to change how I thought about failure. And I see it as simply an opportunity and an experience. So the four things that I do is, number one, is that I believe that I can be successful in the first place in spite of the failure. So I don't allow for the failure to get me down. Most people who want to be successful, John, they say they believe, but they really don't. They say Mm -hmm. they believe because they're expected to say that they believe. But when you believe in something, there's something that you really, 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 you know, uh, have a heart for. So when it came to failing, I, I literally learned to love the fail because I expected to be able to learn something from that. Mm. That's a mind shift.
0: It is. I've heard this right? expression before, and I like it. And uh, it says,
2: I, I either win or I learn. Right. right. Yeah, you know, that was, yeah, Nelson Mandela said that. He, okay. said, he, said, he, said, he said, he said, I never fail. Right. I either learn or I win. Right. Right? So and that's so true. So number one, I believe that I can literally be successful even though I fail. The second thing I do is I focus on those goals that I've set for myself. And I mean laser light focus. A lot of the times when it comes to success, people believe that they're entitled to be able to succeed. And that's just not really true, right? So yeah. it's that laser light focus that I actually have. So I believe that I can become where it is. I'm, and it's not a name it, claim it. I don't believe that anybody can be anything that they want. I have something that I call my TGAs. If I'm going to be successful, I'm going to have to make sure that I tune into my TGAs. And my TGAs are simply this. Tango, talents, gifts, skills, and abilities, right? Talents, gifts, skills, and abilities. If you focus on those, then your chances of becoming successful are a lot greater, hmm. as opposed to telling people they can they can be anything or be anybody that they want. And it's just not true because of the limitations. So we set people up for failure while not preparing them to fail. Right. Right. So you got to believe it. You got to focus. You got to work hard. And the fourth key part is that you've got to fail. Right. Because in the failure, the process begins again. And as you allow for it to begin again, you build on those experiences, on those challenges. On those goals that in which we want to actually achieve. So, if we can convince ourselves that success is good, we can also convince ourselves that failure is good. Mm, That's so. It's really a mind shift. It's really a mind shift. It is a mind shift, and and the thing is, you know, if I look at my career,
0: and I've spent uh, time in the military and time in corporate America, I started my own company. I can tell you this, uh, George, I failed a lot. (laughs) And I, and I I talk about it in in, uh, my first book, uh, some of the major failures that I had in my career. And, um, but, uh, but, you know, to me, failure is, is those opportunities to be able to sit back and say, okay, well, what did I do wrong? How can I, how can I take the next step? What can I do better? What can I do differently? Um, And I think it's always helped me to become a better leader a better person as i've had those failures right so yeah. it's really interesting because we fear failure right we don't yeah. want to yeah. fail why is it that uh, our human nature is that we uh never want to fail we never want to look silly we never want to be you know uh the person yeah. that doesn't doesn't you know reach their goals right we we hate failure so it's, yeah, it's you a know why
2: why is that you, you know the answer No, (laughs) we've been been conditioned to do so. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, think about that. We don't see how simple this is. You take any person on the planet and talk to them about their childhood, talk to them about, you know, their first experience with failure. And I'm telling you, a hundred percent of them will say that, you know what? I was always taught that I was a failure.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: Right. So we've been conditioned. Failure in and of itself literally does not exist until we actually are taught those kinds of things. So when one is conditioned that they can actually be successful, guess what? Most of the times they're successful. Mm -hmm. In the same way, you know, we avoid failure because of the negative associated with it. We say fear. Fear in the same way where it relates to failure is a state of mind. It is right. Yes. Fear really doesn't exist. You and I understand real well. Whether you're in a sub and you're being chased by the Russians and you're being yeah. attacked, right? The the we don't worry about the fear as much as other people who would really be afraid of that because of our training, right? Right. So when I'm in a war and I've been there, you know, five different times, commanded, I mean multiple times, and I was never ever afraid of the actual war itself that was some fear associated with dying i got all of that but it never impacted my mission so much that i was incapable of accomplishing the task at hand fear was Mm -hmm. just something in which we knew sort of existed because of the expectations but those expectations that we were actually taught were something in which we conjured up on our own it was not something that was actually uh, substantiated once we actually got there and we actually you know started going on the missions and these kinds of things so as a leader within, the, within combat, I used to take soldiers all the time. And when they did not accomplish a mission of some sort, I said, look, you know, not a problem. No one was injured. No one was killed. What did you learn? Hmm. Did you learn anything in not accomplishing the goals and the missions by which we wanted to achieve? And they mm-hmm. did.
0: This is really interesting because you're hitting on something that I feel very strongly about. And that is, I think what you're talking about, talking with a, someone that failed, someone that worked for you that failed, and how you address them or how you deal with that as a leader. Because I think, you know, I look at my career and I had a leader yeah. when I was in corporate America that uh, yeah. I screwed up big time, right? So I went to a test lab. Yeah. I was testing a product. I was an R&D design engineer. And uh, I was responsible for developing this product. And I, I developed this product, tested it, and uh, it was, everything was great. I went to the lab the first time and I blew it up. I, I mean, everything went wrong. Yeah. I, I was a young engineer. Yeah. This was a complete failure. I thought that was the end of my career. But I had a boss that took me under his wing, similar to your story, and said, what mm-hmm. happened? What did you learn? Yeah. Can you fix it? How quickly can you get back mm-hmm. to the lab? Instead of chastising mm-hmm. me, he gave me the opportunity to learn from that mistake and come back. And we came back even stronger and had a better product because of it. So talk to me about leaders and how leaders have to or can deal with people that fail within their ranks. How do you how do you do it? Now, there's some some cases, that, you know, it's, it's egregious. Right. But but what if, you know, failure, yeah. honestly, trying to do something that's difficult?
2: No, I, I, I love that uh, approach, John. Well, well said. And one of the areas that I, I focus on a lot is the corporate America from mm. the standpoint of profits, right? So we understand that they're there for profits. But if a company, you know, Fortune 500 company wants to be profitable, here's what they need to do. They really need to make their environment okay to fail, right? So I've had a, a, a number of um, uh, people I've, I've spoken to and I said, dude, I mean, how can I get to this point? I said, well, you talk to your employees. And when they actually questioned employees, and they you know they said, "What is your number one issue here at the uh, uh, at the organization?" And a lot of people thought that they were going to say, "Well, they were, you know they wanted more money, you know they wanted more time off, that that those kinds of things." And what was happening is is that their biggest issue was the failure issue. Now, why was that a major issue for them? For the exact reasons that you just mentioned, they were afraid that if they failed, they'd lose their jobs. Mm. So if we make the environment OK to fail, not we don't want people to go out and say, yeah, I'm a failure. So you know what? Nobody cares. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about reveling in failure. We're saying do the same thing we do in the military. We make it OK to fail as long as we learn. Right. So when you take a corporation and you say we have an environment whereby we notice you're human, we expect for you to make the company profitable, but you're in an environment whereby failure is not a major problem for us. As long as you're learning, and you're making the company better. So what do you do? You knock down that barrier. Now people become what? More creative, more willing to take a risk, right? More willing to be able to do the kinds of things that they're supposed to do because they realize that as your boss did, they're going to take them under the wings, teach them what they're supposed to know, and they have the leniency to be able to become failures in the process of learning and becoming successful.
1: We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors.
0: Deep Leadership is brought to you by Strikeforce Energy. Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL, and their products are all made in the USA. Strikeforce Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add into any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. Each pack contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. Strikeforce Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I have the watch, one word, for a 20% discount on every order. Deep leadership is also brought to you by my Amazon best-selling book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following. This book is filled with 23 short stories on how you can become a more effective leader. It's super easy to read, and most people finish it in less than two hours. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and click the large orange button for signed copies. Enter the discount code watch one word, at checkout for 20% off your order and domestic shipping is always free. When a leader allows you to fail and they have your back, right? When they know That's that true. what you've done uh, was, you know, you were legitimately doing your best. You, but you failed in some in some way, yeah. shape, or form. In my case, I failed a failed a major major test at the test lab. But but my boss was there and he backed me up. He had my back when things mm-hmm. went wrong. And I'll tell you, my loyalty to him and my loyalty to that company and my loyalty to the project I was on. It, it skyrocketed, right, because I knew that even, if, even when I screwed up, my boss had my back. So it, it drove me to work harder uh, for the company, for right. this, this boss. So because he, he backed me up when things went wrong. So I think there's power in also leaders
2: and how we deal with failure with our own employees, right? Sure, because they're, they're already conditioned to think of failure as negative. Hmm. What your boss did and what leaders I've worked for have actually done, they've made failure okay. And in fact, in the Army, look, let, let's be really serious about this here. We literally take pilots, right? And we want to, we, we put them in a position whereby they have the option of failure. So what do we do? We take pilots, we take them up top in the air, 35,000 feet, and we tell them to what? Turn the engine off. Right. Turn the engine off? Or if I turn the engine off, I may crash. Yeah, that's okay. Well, why are we going to do that? Number one, you're going to be able to figure out how to get going back again. Number two is we want to make sure that by the time you get to combat, if you have this scenario and you fail, then you know how to respond. So that's all we're doing when we make failure okay, when we make failure positive, when we make failure a reality. Because success is not guaranteed, John. Failure is guaranteed. So how do we respond to that failure? How do we react to that failure? And this is what we need to be focusing on. I, I, I've I've talked to a number of folks. I've done a lot of research, and most people don't want to broach this because we've done what we've been conditioned that failure is a bad thing. Right. So when we have someone such as your boss who comes in and he changes or she he or she changes the dynamic to make failure okay, what does he do? It makes us loyal to that person. It makes us want to work harder. It makes us want to do more. It wants us actually be able to open our creative juices and these kinds of things. And this is how we go from being you know, just a moderate company to a supercharged company to where we're making, you know, tons and tons and tons of profits. And this is how, you know, I've been successful throughout my career. I was told that I would never, ever be an Army officer, Mm. right? Not only did I become an Army officer, I became a colonel in the Army. In 2018, I was selected to be, I was inducted into the Officer Candidate School Hall of Fame. Amazing. Tons of failure along the way, though, got me there.
0: Yes. Interesting. You know, it's really interesting because I think I talk about this, right? So you have an organization that, um, where nobody, everybody's afraid to fail, right? Their people yeah. are fired when there's a mistake made. Yeah. Nobody's willing to stick their neck out. Everybody just sort of keeps their mouth shut. They, 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 they're so worried about being fired or, or so worried about getting written up that nothing ever happens. You don't have a, you don't have a dynamic organization whatsoever. It's, it's everybody fears, standing out. So everybody just is quiet. They keep their mouths shut and they do their jobs. And you just described the opposite of that. Whereas you have an environment where failing is part of the job. It's, it's acknowledged as um, something that happens that you learn from and you get better. Then you have a much more dynamic organization. There isn't that fear uh, that's out there. Like in, in, in a lot of organizations, I've seen a lot of corporate organizations where everybody lived in fear everybody. And so yeah. nothing ever got yeah. done. It was a stagnant, quiet, boring operation where people were looking for another job. They spent all their time mm-hmm. on the web looking for another job, you know. And you're talking about a dynamic organization where yeah, people fail, but yes, we we, we have a we have a, we have this
2: uh, mindset that that's okay. Yeah, look, look at all the great leaders on the planet. Mm-hmm. I have chronicled 17 of them in my book, wow. right? And let me tell you, every single one of them said this. They learned their greatest lessons in their failures, not in their successes. So, so I, 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 man, I tell you, I'm so passionate about this because of where I've been and what I've actually done and how we can literally change the planet because every single person that ever was or that ever will be has always failed. It, it's, it, what, what happens here is if you're in an organization, when we allow for people to fail, we'll allow them more for them to be themselves, right? We'll allow for them to be human. Yeah, yeah, I know we want to have superpowers and all of that, but at the end of the day, most folks know that they're not superpowers, but they know that there's the potential for failure. And if we allow for that, we'll allow for folks to literally rebuild themselves. True. And that's what this is really all about. So great example. I love the example you gave of how the, the company was very stagnant because no one is going to risk anything. Right. In order for me to become a paratrooper, I had to risk my life multiple times when Mm. I jumped out of that aircraft. In order for you to become a submariner, you had to risk your life multiple times. Right? There's always the risk of failing. But again, failure is not the problem. It's the beginning of your success if you allow for yourself to utilize it the right way. Who was it? Um, uh, The great Roman philosopher. Seneca said this. He said, life, if used properly, is enough. Mm-hmm. If you know how to use your life, whether it's long or whether it's short, if you know how to use it, it's enough. So if you know how to use failure in the right perspective, it's enough. Mm. That's great. I think, I think
0: fear of failure is, is one reason why people don't take a chance and you know like for that's myself true. starting a business right people say wow well, I wouldn't want to do that I mean that's that's hard work you can fail or people don't um, you know uh, and we tend to I don't know if you notice this but we tend to like family members right when you say, Like uh, like I have a a family friend. He's he's interested in going into the Navy and he wants to be a Navy Seal. Well, good natured people will say, or people with the good intentions would say, well, you shouldn't do that. You could fail. You you may not make it, right? (laughs) Uh, So 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 we try to talk people out of um, what their dreams are, or their aspirations, because we 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 want to protect them from failure, right? Well, like you might fail if you do that. So you know maybe you should choose something you know less risky. Uh, or, you know, so I don't know if you noticed that, but I do notice that we yes. tend, to, um, we, we tend to, to talk people out of doing risky things, people that we love, because we don't want them to fail. Yes. We don't want them. To, but but you're saying and what your, your book is saying is that this is. We're, we're actually, embrace it. We embrace should embrace it. it. We should. Sure. If you have. A, yeah, exactly.
1: Go ahead.
2: If, if, if we don't. Here's, here's what's ironic about it, John. If we don't embrace failure, we're going to fail. Mm. Right? So right. if we're going to fail, no matter what, we need to learn how to embrace it. And I concur hundred and ten percent. You know, the, the vast majority of the people who are telling people to try something else because you're just not good at that sort of thing, right? They have good intentions. They're really trying to protect those family members or those friends of whomever those folks actually like, so are. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Right. They're just trying, going about it the wrong sort of way, because you know the TGA's right that I mentioned. and Acronyms are hugely important to military folks, right? But if you want to become successful, Focus on your talents, your gifts, your skills, and your abilities because yes. that's where that's who it is you actually are, right? Right. I mean, you, you look at professional football players. You look at the Michael Jordans of the world, right? You look at the dick Prescott's of the world, Brady's, right? You look at athletes on any level. You look at b- bosses and these kinds of folks. Folks who are, you know, by and large, uh, extremely successful, understand exactly what their talents, their gifts, their skills, and their abilities are. Right. So when you focus on those, your chances of becoming successful are greater right. than not. You know, I was, I thought I'd be a professional football player and ended up being, uh, you know, a high jumper, seven four and a quarter high jumper, right? Trying to make the 84 Olympic team and all these kinds of things. Wow. Who would have known? Right. And, 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 and the army? Oh, come on. Not, not even close. Right. But I got into the army and realized the very thing that I was afraid of and running from was the exact place I should have always been. Isn't that
0: crazy? Interesting.
2: Interesting. Yeah. But yeah. It, and it, it, had, it had so much to do with, you know, why I didn't want to join the Army. I didn't think I could make it. Didn't think I could make it. Didn't yeah. think I could make it. And I ended up being one of the, you know, the, the, the better persons within the confines of the, the ranks. You know, thank God for his blessings. And But it was talents, my gifts, my skills, my abilities. So if you know what those actually are, you combine that with your ability to be able to fail from a positive standpoint, Changing that mindset from positive to negative. And man, the world's your oyster at that point.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. I think you're talking about some really important things here. And um, so I think, you know, chasing down what are your talents, your gifts, your skills, your abilities? And then are you, you know, what are you doing to, to you know, fully utilize those? And guess what? You're going to fail uh and what are you gonna do next when you fail, right? And and you know, interesting. Um your you know, your doors to professional football were closed. Uh but your doors to the military kept opening. I wonder I wonder how (laughs) did you ever have any regrets or did you just embrace that this was going to be what you were going to do?
2: Not a single regret at all, because by the time I got to that point, I my mindset was already set to actually understand, you know, how failure could actually help me, right?
0: Yes.
2: So, so it was just a natural migration toward, OK, I didn't make it there. So I'm doing OK here. And I got in and I realized that even though I did not become a professional football player, all the things that I learned as a leader in athletics on a high level of competition prepared me to be an army officer. Excellent. Yeah. That's right. Great. So, so, so I embraced it. I mean, I literally said, OK, you know, and I know that a lot of people say, you know, you know, cliche sort of way, you know, when one door opens or one window, you know, when one door opens. Oh, no, no. When one door closes, another one opens. Right. Yeah, a lot of people say that sort of thing, but how many people really believe that?
0: Right, right. right? It sounds like in your case, it, it, the door went wide open because you, you, you charged through it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I did it head on knowing that I was going to fail. Mm. But in the process of failing, that I was going to learn, John. So it was, it was a mind shift, man. So I talk about uh, a lot in the book about in order to get from where you are to where you are supposed to be, you've got to really change your mindset to see failure as something extremely positive as opposed to negative. We've been taught that it's negative, nothing but negative, negative. No, it's really something that's positive because it's a part of who it is we actually are in the human experience. Success is not a part of the human experience necessarily, but we keep telling people that it is. So people keep expecting for it to be. Therefore, oftentimes they they think that they're entitled to it. Interesting. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, almost every story, great
0: story that we've ever seen in the movies or in books, right? Um, There's always a hero's journey, right? And the hero always fails, right? (laughs) Always uh, he or she always falls on their face, right? And then they pick themselves back up again. And, of course, there's always a happy ending that they – you know they eventually right. accomplish their their objectives, yeah. their dream. But they learned in that uh, hero's journey that despair, that failure, uh, and and they come out of it stronger. Yeah, and that's right. We love that as a hu as humans. We love that story. That's we do. Every every script is we written do. around that hero's journey.
2: But yeah, yet, we- yet we don't want to do that in our own life. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, we all love underdogs. Don't right. We? Right. We all love underdogs, man. We, we're always rooting for them, right? We know that there's a possibility of failing, but we want them to win so badly. Right, right. But as you mentioned, we ourselves don't want to take their journey because of the association that we have with it from the standpoint of how we've been taught that failure is not something that you want to associate yourself with when just right. the opposite is true. Yeah. Just the opposite is true. We become the hero of our own stories when we fail. We really and truly do. And here's what's really, really Oh, I tell you, it's heartbreaking in some sort of ways, but I've talked to a number of parents and I've talked to youth groups and, and kids, and I always ask this question If you could give me a one word definition of how failure makes you feel, what would it be? And there are two words that actually always uh, come to uh, the forefront one is that they're disappointed, and the other one is that failure makes them feel depressed. Mm. Look at the problem we have with depression today in this world. It's huge. Yeah, 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 it is. So, look, I, I experienced some of that along the way—the depression thing. But once I changed, when I changed my mindset from seeing failure as negative to positive, never, never, ever got to a point to where it got me so down in the dumps when I failed something that I didn't want to actually accomplish it again. One of the things I did—I was a candidate school. Mm. Let me tell you, one of the most difficult schools I've ever had to endure, but one of the the, the best I've actually had to endure. I was already I'm uh, uh, inclined uh, to failure. But the problem here was that at Officer Canada School, you have two opportunities to take an exam and fail it, and you're out of there, right? So you have the first exam, and then you have a retest. Brother, if you mess up on the retest, you're gone. Mm. So I actually, I'm not not a great mathematician, so there's an artillery uh, exam that we actually had to take. And I boloed uh, that artillery exam the first time out. And let me tell you something here. Um, uh, I got back in there. I prepared myself. And it was the only exam that I failed because at that point, I got it in gear, knew exactly what I was supposed to do, and says, okay, I failed it once. Not going to happen again because now I know what to do. Went back, restructured, you know, figured out exactly what needed to happen, got better at what I was supposed to do, and excelled. Mm. So instead of failing out of the school, became one of its Hall of Fame members.
0: I was going to say, you became a Hall of Fame
2: member. Yeah, Isn't <laughs> it's, that crazy? It is
0: amazing.
2: But, yeah, but, but amazing. yeah, failure, failure got me from where I am, uh, from where I was and where I started. So it doesn't matter where one starts and where I turn. What matters is where you actually end up and where you finish. And I can tell you whether you are five years old or 50 years old or 105, you're going to fail at some point. And when it comes to our children, we apply so much pressure to them. I had a... My, my child's orthodontist uh, said to me uh, one day that uh, she was really depressed over her five-year-old kid. And that's why he was – that was his age. And I said, well, why is this? And she says he keeps running around the house calling himself a failure. Well, mm. I said, well, what does wow. he even know about failing? He's five. I right. said, so what was going on? So he was playing a video game. Oh. And he wasn't, he wasn't getting to the stages that he wanted to get to. So, you know, you know friends of his, people that he knew. You know, they're all telling him, dude, if you don't do this, you're failing at everything. So he took that to heart. Wow! Imagine the lesson that they're teaching this kid along the way. as opposed, So I said that what you need to do is you need to take John aside and says, hey, look, here's the deal. is You're not really failing. There are several stages to this game. In each stage that you go through, you're learning in the process. Eventually, you will get there. But what you have to do is you have to learn as you go along the way. You don't have to start, you know, now. And then if you don't finish it tomorrow. That you're failing at anything, you're learning in the process. And that's who it is that we actually are along the way in this journey of trying to get from what we are to where we need to be. No,
0: oh, that's powerful. That's good stuff. So let, let me ask you um, what do
2: you hope people will take away from your book when they read it? I am really hoping that people look at failure as the greatest resource on the planet. Mm. Right? There, there is no other way to become successful than through the doorway of failure. If you can read this book and take on the principles, and I have I have a 12-step a program in the book that talks about, you know, how to get beyond the point of failing while at the same time embracing and learning. So I really want them to read the book and to understand that failure is not their enemy. Failure is a, is, is, is literally their friend if they look at it from their standpoint. And there's nothing on the planet that can teach you and help you become more successful and learning from and embracing and accepting your failures mm. if you utilize those in the right sorts of ways. Wow,
0: that's powerful. It's really good. So, and that book is available on Amazon. Is that correct? That's correct, John. Okay. So, George, how can people find out more about you, your company? Uh, I know you do a lot of public speaking, uh, and, and your book. Where should they go?
2: Yeah, they can go to uh, my, my website and it's uh, you know, Dot com. That's www.georgeamilton.com. I have the uh, contact information there. I also have my media kit that they can actually you know grab off of that. They can also email me at uh, George at georgeamilton.com. That's George at georgeamilton.com, and the uh, the name of the company is Failures Not the Problem LLC.
0: Failure is not the problem, LLC. I love it. You even embraced it in your company name.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, George, this has been very powerful. And I hope leaders, as you're listening into this and you're thinking about your own personal career, and you might think that you might you might be at the end of your rope or you made a major failure or this is uh, – You've done something that uh, you know you can't come come away from. Hopefully, you took away some of George's uh, wisdom here and realized that failure can be one of the greatest resources that we can have. It can be the opportunity for us to take and pivot and make that change and learn from it and become even better and achieve our goals and. Uh, I'm excited about this book uh, and again the book is failure is not the problem and uh, I think this is a great resource in leaders we don't talk about failure enough and um, how we deal with failure personally and how we deal with failure with our people is an important topic and I think uh, George has really given us a lot of things to think about so thank you George for all your wisdom and insight we really appreciate that.
2: John, thank you so much for this opportunity. And uh, I'd like to leave you guys by saying this, when it comes to failure, let's change the world.
0: Oh, I love to hear that. I love to hear it. So let's change the world, people. That's great. All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well.